Mulberry Memories, Chapter 4. Curly versus the people. Law. It is the consciousness of America. It is the reason for our lack of freedom and our freedom in itself. Like the conscious clues us in when we are doing something wrong, so does our legal system. Well, our legal system, flashing lights, loud sirens, and prison bars. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a treat. This next chapter contains contents from a previously closed trial that's very existence was now revealed to the public. With the approval of the federal government and sources that would like to remain anonymous, however, we are able to bring you this controversial chapter of American history. Without further ado, Curly versus the people. Unlike Bella Word, I was fairly well accepted by my fellow classmates at Mulberry. And though it took a while, I eventually became part of the more inside aspects of Mulberry culture. And it was fascinating. This was a classroom environment that was comfortable. And though a little distracting at times, easy to work in. Which may have been why we got such high test scores. Mustang pride. There were, however, breaks from the usual norm of the process of one, come in, two, work, three, get out, which is such an unbreakable staple usually in public education. I was sitting in my desk, which was in the back of the class, when a discussion broke out between Mrs. Etcher, Curly, and, as always, Stuart. Mrs. Etcher, it wasn't my fault, said Curly, an average-sized eighth grader with reddish hair. Oh, yeah, Curly? Then who was it? responded Mrs. Etcher. I don't know, but it wasn't me, said Curly. You know, Curly, it was your book, so... said Mrs. Etcher, looking down in a I-don't-know-what-to-tell-you sort of way, when Stuart, always the advocate for American values, chimed in. Mrs. Etcher, this is ridiculous. We should have a trial to just get this over with already. Yeah, let's do a trial, said Trish from her seat, suddenly excited about the prospect. You guys want to do a trial? Mrs. Etcher asked the class. Everyone except me, who had no clue what was going on, immediately said yes. All right, we'll have a trial right after recess. Seventh grade will be the jury. Who wants to be the DA for Curly? Asked Mrs. Etcher. I'll do it, said Ashley humbly. And the prosecution? Said Mrs. Etcher. Immediately, both Stuart and Trish raised their hands to have the chance of destroying poor Curly. The recess bell rang, and if Mulberry wasn't already crazy, now it looked like an episode of Law and Order. What's going on? I asked Alan. Like, what do you mean? 
he asked back. Like, what's up with the trial and stuff? Well, last year, like, at the end of the year, Curly's math book got ripped up, and he never paid for it, explained. So now they're having a trial to see what actually happened? Yeah. That's weird, I said. Why? He asked. Because, like, I don't know. It just is. Right, said Alan. We walked out to the hot spot and started shooting around. Now, by this time, I had actually done my research and listened to the Beatles a bit. And I, of course, knew all their names. So when Isaac brought them up, I was ready. Guys, if we could have a moment of silence, please, he said, holding up a finger for us to pause while he bowed his head. He then lifted it up with a smirk. For John Lennon, who died today so many years ago, he then pointed at the sky and looked up at it with admiration. He then started laughing and began dribbling the basketball around. I, of course, had to display my newly found knowledge of the Beatles. So it's just Paul McCartney and something star, right? I said. Ringo star, fool, he said, looking at me like I was stupid. Get it right! Okay, okay, I said, realizing my mistake. So it's John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr, right? There you go, and don't forget it, he said, kiddingly. I think I like the Beach Boys better anyway, I said. The Beach Boys are good, he said. The Beach Boys suck, said Drake. Excuse me, I said. What did you say? The Beach Boys suck. All they sing about is surfing, continued he whose name must not be said. Drake. That is not true, I said, very angry. Oh yeah? What else do they sing about? Argued Drake. Uh... Cars, I started. Oh, they sing about cars. They are so original, said Drake, cutting me off. The Beach Boys are gay. I mean, what are they, like 60 and they still call themselves boys? He continued ignorantly. Yeah, but at least they're not a bunch of stoners, I fired back. And boom, I had a foothold in the fight. So were the Beach Boys, he said. They never proved that, I said. And Gay, who was singing about living together in a yellow submarine, I countered. And that stupid argument would go on for days, weeks, months, until swine flu, which would actually happen that year. Something star? Really? But let's be honest, you need both Surfing USA and Back in the USSR. Why can't we be friends? Anyway, enough with these two stupid arguments. Back to the classroom. I mean, 
the courthouse. Mrs. Etcher held her ruler as a gable and proceeded with the trial. Defense may call their first witness, she said. Ashley stood up tall and called Brad to the stand. Objection, I shouted, laughing at the whole situation. You're not even in this trial, Stephen, said Trish, agitated. Curly then proceeded to question Mr. Brad. Now, Mr. Brad, where were you on the date of June 7th, 2009? Here, <laughs> said Brad, laughing at the formality of the question from a guy who was obviously not very formal, such as Curly. Now, can you tell the court what happened on that day when the supposed math book was ripped? Continued Curly. Well, we were all running around doing the kabuki, explained Brad. The what? I said to myself. Ah, yes. And when the kabuki was going on, who was involved? Asked Curly. What the freak is kabuki? I again asked myself. It was me, you, Josh, and Trevor, answered Brad. So when we discovered the book ripped, was it possible for me to be around the book at the time of supposed ripping? Asked Curly. I, I don't think so. Maybe, responded Brad. Who was closer to the book when the kabuki was going on? asked Curly. Well, the closest person I think was Trevor, said Brad. All eyes turned towards Trevor, who smiled his usual cocky grin. That'll be all, said Curly. Prosecution, your witness, said Mrs. Etcher. Stewart stood up in his usual manner stiff as a board with a look on his face that shone of an odd mix of indifference, anger, and conservative values. Mr. Brad, he said in his usual tour guide voice, making 10 hand signals for every vowel he pronounced. He was tall and had brown hair. Mr. Brad, on the day of June 7, 2009, you say that the defendant, Curly Halliday, was nowhere near the math book as it was ripped to shreds in such a vicious way that it is reminiscent of Attila the Hun. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, said Brad, finding the whole thing freaking hilarious. But isn't it entirely and completely possible, Mr. Brad, that in the process of the said kabuki game, that was being enacted, you yourself were running around the school and could have missed seeing Mr. Curley in an act of overexcitement and puberty-stricken hormones gone wild, demolishing the property of our great federal government, exclaimed Stewart's, whose hands had just caused a tornado in Kansas. I suppose, was Brad's response to this well-articulated question. 
The prosecution has no further questions for the witness, said Stewart. Brad stepped down. Defense, call your next witness, said Mrs. Etcher, very much interested in the proceedings. We, the defense, would like to call Trevor to the stand, said Ashley. Trevor took the stand, very confident looking, with a grin that stretched from California to Maine. He was tall, broad-shouldered, and had blonde hair. Now, Mr. Trevor, what happened on the day of June 7th, 2009, from your perspective? Asked Curly, confident as could be. We were playing Kabuki, and your book got ripped, said Trevor, proud of his answer. Did you happen to see the book getting trashed? No, I didn't, <laughs> said Trevor, laughing while he did so. Were you in the vicinity when the book was ripped? Asked Curly. <laughs> no, said Trevor, laughing again while he spoke. You're such a liar, Trevor, said Brad, laughing. <laughs> no, I wasn't, said Trevor. I laugh when I lie, he continued. But you were just laughing when you said you didn't see who ripped the book, said Trish, who was Trevor's short, blonde twin sister. This caused an uproar of rumors and ideas being passed around the courtroom as Trevor denied that he was lying, that he just thought the whole situation was funny, which was entirely possible, considering how hilarious the whole ceremony had been. The defense rests, said Curling. Prosecution, your witness, said Mrs. Etcher. We have no questions for Mr. Trevor, said Stewart. The defense and prosecution made their closing statements, and the court went out to lunch so the jury could make their decision. The eighth grade lunch table was buzzing with conversation about the trial. The seventh graders, all 10 of them, sat at their table, deliberating over a lunch of ham and potato casserole. Delicious. Alan, Craig, and I discussed our thoughts on it. Do you think Curly's guilty? Alan asked me. I don't know. It's very shady, the whole thing. What do you think, Craig? I said. I think Trevor did it, he answered. I don't know. It's interesting to say the least, I said. And we ate our lunch, wondering what would happen next. Ah, the big moment. Everybody is always wondering whether the call is going to be guilty or not guilty. You probably wish this was a movie so you could have some popcorn, huh? Well, then get out your wallet and make this a gosh dang movie already, you cheapskate. Hire Steven Spielberg or something like that. Well, anyway, here's the decision. We all sat down in the classroom. Everybody was on the edge of their seats in anticipation. 
I looked at both parties, and neither knew what was going to be the call. But Stuart put on a face of utter tranquility, and Curly looked like he was enjoying himself. Mrs. Etcher sat down and asked what the vote was from the jury. Harry, a seventh grader, stood up and said, Our vote was this. Stuart leaned forward a little, and Curly adjusted his seating position. Five say not guilty, five say guilty. It was a hung jury. Well, since this trial has gone nowhere, Curly, you have to pay the fine for the book. Court dismissed. And no, that doesn't mean class dismissed, were Mrs. Etcher's words. The case was over, and it was a controversial one, to say the least. But dang, it was fun. Well, that was a bit anticlimactic. Anyway, justice was served. Or was it? Is Tupac alive? Is Elvis with the aliens? Do I exist? Is this book good? Of course, the answer to all these questions is maybe. Future, it would be learned that Curly never did pay for that book. The mysteries continue.